Welcome to Shruti Out Loud, a podcast where I invite guests from different walks of life to share their stories of following their passion, success, and happiness, which in turn motivates our listeners to follow their heart. Hi everyone. First of all, a very happy new year. We are already in 2022 and it has been a great start I would say. A new year always brings new challenges, new possibilities. So we are not going to shy away or be scared and we'll just tell 2022 to bring it on and take it all with us and keep growing and keep growing towards success and manifest all that we want to. So today's episode um, is with someone who inspires people to go on with however life comes and keep going on and um, don't let anything pull you down. So without further delay, I would like to welcome Alma Chopra, who is a motivational speaker who is a cerebrellar ataxia warrior. She is, an, she is a self-empowerment coach, a motivational speaker, as I just mentioned. And without adding more words to it, I'll just bring her on board and let her do all the talking. Hi, Alma. Hi, Shruti. It's nice to meet you. Thanks for having me here. First of all, yes, I would like to thank you for agreeing to be a part of this. And I have so many questions that I want to ask you, so many conversations that I want to have with you. So let's start off with the very first question that I have in my mind that I want to ask you. Yes. All right. So um, you have a beautiful name and let's start by discussing that. So what was the inspiration behind naming you, Alma? Okay, so it's not a glamorous story. My name was picked out um, by my aunt. Uh, my parents moved to um, the U.S. in 1980, and I was born shortly after 1984. So uh, it wasn't like there was much experience or much history to uh, name me after. So they got a book of names and just gave me a short name. So initially I really hated my name because um, it was so short, I thought it was ugly. But um, as time went by, um, I learned the meaning of my name. And it's a funny story. And it's like the chicken or the egg, what came first? So my journey that I have um, that has unraveled now um, my journey through the disability and through challenges and hardships of my life. Ha, um, ha, knowing the soul and believing in spirituality is a huge part of me. So um, n now in retrospect, I can say that naming me Alma was not a coincidence. And that's something I believe. I believe everyone's everyone is named. Everyone's name has an intrinsic meaning, regardless of how you were named. I was I was named very random, um, 
But um, through the unfoldings of my life, my name has had a profound impact on who I am. I absolutely agree with you on this part that our names, they somehow are just perfect for who we are. And so uh, just to mention here, just a little uh, fact that my name Shruti, it sort of in a way means way of life. And honestly, that was my inspiration behind starting this podcast, that this podcast is about way of life and bringing people on board with their story so that they can inspire, motivate. So yeah, we I think we all are supposed to live up to our names, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So moving on to the next question. So you were very young, about uh, 10 years old when the disorder started showing changes, right? Yes. So do you remember how you felt when you could not make voluntary movements and how and when did you understand this disorder? Um, okay, so let's start at the very beginning. I was diagnosed when I was uh, in middle school. So I was about nine years old when I was diagnosed. At that point, um, at that point, although I was diagnosed and my cerebellum had defective tissues, I didn't have many clinical symptoms. So I still, um, like I was a gymnast when I was a kid. I wasn't able to do gymnastics anymore. But I could still coordinate enough like to run and make other um, other active movements. Um, so when I was diagnosed, um, I oddly I felt really special. So if you go back to that time period, which is the about the 90s, there was a series that came out around then called the X-Men. And if any of your listeners are familiar with this um, series, it's about uh, individuals with mutations. And because of their mutations, they had special powers. Um, so I remember uh, in the very onset of my diagnosis, I was uh, one of my doctors said the word mutated gene. Um, that was one of the things that uh, could have happened to me to um, give me ataxia. And when I heard this, I, just, I felt very special. And um, I'm like, okay, I'm special. I have special powers, you know, I'm different from my friends. Uh, that being said, um, as time progressed, I would say um, until I was 20 years old, um, the, dis the disorder, took more of a backseat and was very gradual in its onset. I still went to the gym by myself. I could still coordinate movements up until I think about I was 15. I was I was running track. I did um, baseball and basketball in school. So I had these movements enough to um, enough to like continue my life without any um, any real disturbance. Um, but I did become introverted, um, and I was a very, very poor student when I was first diagnosed. So once I became diagnosed, um, my uh, my grades in school went of sword. I ended up being an A student, 
Um, and I think I'll touch upon this later. Um, the fact that, you know, this disability hurt me. I was very, um, I was very, I was very outgoing and social as a kid. Once I was diagnosed, I immediately became um, reclusive um, and introverted, but I was also able to excel at my studies. Okay, so going back to my story, um, so at about 20, when it became visible, it was definitely hard to cope with. Um, what comes to mind is, uh, is the saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. A lot of bullying went around. A lot of people said things about me that hurt my feelings. And I just had to rise above it. Um, and I, cause I, didn't, I didn't believe I had a choice. So it was like I had to um, get hurt, but I had to I had to recover and heal myself very quickly to move on. So Alma, talking about, I was actually going to um, ask you this question that when you faced bullying, so did you have someone to talk to? Was there someone you could share your feelings with and how possibly, you know, these things were sort of changing you, sort of making you question things. Did that happen? Did you have someone? I didn't really have anyone. Um, I'm, I was very strong child and I still very am. Very headstrong, very independent, very kind of rambunctious. I was born and brought up in the US. And uh, when I was diagnosed up until recently, uh, cerebellar tactic was not very well known. As you can understand, it's very not known and it's very, very rare disorder. And I have an even more rare uh, variation of that disorder. So I didn't really have anyone to talk to. Um, one of my outlets was poetry. Um, and, you know, um, I would take out my feelings of anger or sadness or hurt in my poetry. And I, I incidentally became a very good poet and I received some awards. Um, but that was the way that I let out my feelings. Um, so from um, what you have just said and um, the conversation that we have been having. So what I have understood is that you chose to empower yourself rather than pull yourself down. Um, could you share a bit about that journey a bit further? Could you tell us a bit more how um, did you used to talk to yourself or did you used to make yourself understand or what was that journey like? Um, the journey is very tough, but I think um, like what I did, I focused my energy in writing poetry, or I, I focused my energy in trying to, in my studies, right? Um, when you have a problem, whatever the problem is, whatever the issue is, whatever the impairment is, if you think to yourself, and if you keep feeling sorry for yourself and you keep pitying yourself, that's where your energy is going to go. I was fortunate enough to be able to use my abilities and my energy and focus them in different directions. So I didn't just sit there and say, oh, 
poor me, I can't write as nicely as I can. I can't paint pictures um, as nicely as I, I used to. So I think it's very important to be able to channel your energy into something that you can excel at. Um, I think that's very important in, in empowering, empowering yourself. And also another thing is, like I said, I, yes, I had a, a devastating diagnosis, which changed my life. Um, but because of this diagnosis, I excelled at my studies. Because of this diagnosis, I, I became more of an empath. I could understand and relate to people's emotions. You know, there are a lot of experiences that you, that you, that people don't see. Um, there are a lot of experiences that you go through that you wouldn't have had to go through if you didn't have the impairment. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I, uh, I went on to Instagram and they gave a little speech and it was, a, a uh, the title was Ability Beyond Disability. So when we have an impairment such as a broken arm or blindness or whatever you can, whatever you want, whatever it is, um, it forces us to use our abilities in a, in a different way. So when you have a broken arm, if I break my right arm, um, I'm right-handed. So I'll have to learn to write with my left hand temporarily. I'll have to learn to brush my teeth temporarily with my left hand. I'll have to learn to eat. I'll have to learn to cook with my left hand. Um, and I wouldn't have gotten this opportunity had I not broken my right arm. So it's something to really think about, but a disability is kind of like an opportunity in disguise. I know it's hard for people to see that, and it's definitely hard um, when your disability such as mine is so hard. But if you can see that the opportunity, the things that you're um, that you have to do to cope with your disability, you wouldn't have had to do that had you not had the impairment. So I think that's a really important thing to understand. And once you understand that your disability or impairment does not become a disadvantage anymore, it becomes more of an advantage. When you can say my disability, my impairment has not destroyed my life, that's when your disability, your impairment can become a different ability. And you don't have to let your disability or your impairment hold you back or define you, what you can and can't do anymore. So true. You have uh, quoted that so beautifully that, yeah, unless you have that, there is no scope of going beyond it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, moving on to the next question, um, what role did spirituality play in helping you find answers or rather understanding that some questions are better left unanswered? Um, I think spirituality um, played, played and still does play a great role 
and helping me go, helping me overcome what I what I need to. Um, after discovering what my name means, um, I a kind of like reincarnation, um, karma. Um, I think the basis of Hinduism actually, coincidentally, um, this Hinduism believes in all these things. And um, it has helped me believe that um, I'm here for a reason. I'm going through what I am for a reason. Um, and I think th these answers uh, are this aid I could have gotten from nowhere else except spirituality. So I believe that um, in spirituality, I believe that when a soul comes to the universe, we come not with like a predestiny, but a kind of like pre-written what our life, um, what our life path is going to be. So I believe that like I, I myself chose that said that I was gonna have a disability before it's born. I don't, but I don't think I came to this life with just a blank slate. Oh, she's gonna have a disability. I think I, anyone and everyone comes to this world uh, with challenges, but also with the strengths that they're gonna need to overcome their challenges, right? So, um. In Hinduism, what we believe is every life a person lives, every every uh, lifetime a soul uh, lives through, is so they can learn a lesson. And um, before we are born, I believe uh, the individual, um, along with the angels and other supernatural powers, um, decide the decide not the specifics, but like. Uh, what kinds of people we're going to meet, what kinds of challenges we're going to have, um, and then the soul is born. But I don't um, think that we're just thrown into the battlefield. I think we're given the weapons uh, we, we're going to need to succeed, to overcome the challenges, the lessons, that, and make the lessons that we have to learn. Absolutely. You have explained that beautifully. I uh, don't know if anybody else could put it in better words, but thank you for answering that question. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who will be able to connect with what you just said. So thank you on behalf of all my audience, all the listeners. Um, so to date, not a lot of people know about cerebellar ataxia. Could you please help our listeners understand what it is and how, as an individual, each one of us can play a role in creating awareness about it? Um, okay, so cerebellar ataxia is very, very, um, very non-known. Um, it's a very rare disorder. Um, people are becoming more vocal about it. There are different variants of cerebellar ataxia, most common of which is the genetic version. Um, cerebellar ataxia is the uh, incoordination of movements. So it, um, in a layman's term, what I can say is 
from third part, if you look at a person with intoxia, it looks like they're drunk. It's like a you're it looks it's like a chronic drunk person. So for me, what I'll say is every single muscle in my body can has trouble coordinating from my eyes to my toes. Like it's hard for me to coordinate movements. Um, and depending on where you are in the spectrum of cerebellar ataxia, your movements can be more, more coordinated or less coordinated. And I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I think um, knowledge about this specific disorder is, is becoming uh, greater, just like other disorders. Uh, and there are a lot of groups, um, awareness groups about this that I've seen on social media. Um, and I think um, what, yeah, once people are just more understanding and they like understand that there are people on this planet different than them, it doesn't make them any more stupid or weird or dumb, right? So I'll give you an example. When I first came to India, like 15, 10 years ago, me, like I was from a different planet. And now I'm a strong girl, but when I came home, I felt like crying because it was like, I had leprosy. Um, like, she, what if she, you know, they, like she shouldn't be here. This is not the place for her. So once people understand that being different, looking at someone different, whether, you know, you're a different color, you have a deformity, just that deformity or that difference doesn't make us any more stupid or any more, any more less uh, worth being here. Um, I think a lot of people in society, I think society as a whole is lacking that understanding. Smart people cannot um, be more empathetic and understand that there are a lot of people with different challenges. Um, I think um, it'll be easier for individuals such as myself. Um, thank you. Alma for sharing that, sharing that information and letting our listeners understand a bit more about the same. Um, so you are truly leading by example, inspiring a change. You are a self-empowerment coach and a motivational speaker. What would you like to tell our listeners today? Uh, one very simple thing I want to tell your listeners, regardless of who the listener is, is you should be proud of yourself and what you have to offer. Um, you shouldn't let others define you. And that was definitely an issue for me um, and still is. Um, I think society places a large um, value on people and what their output should be in, ter in terms of their monetary value. Now, I, I don't believe uh, monetary value is the only thing in life. Um, so I think if people, uh, your listeners just keep their head up and don't let society define you. Um, the other thing I would say is uh, 
the greatest lesson is being grateful. Um, if you can be grateful for what you have um, and for your challenges and your circumstances, you will have a better life yourself. Um, since, uh, since I am very involved in spirituality and I believe in things and the universal energy and things like that, I, did, I do want to make one point that especially for people in situations uh, like myself, um, I suffer with a disability and different mental issues. Um, the words that you say are powerful. As you can understand, when you say so to someone, oh, you're stupid, that hurts the other person. But more important is the words that you say to yourself. That's the most powerful thing. So don't ever put yourself down because that's 10 times worse than someone telling you you're stupid or you're ugly. Thank you so much, Alma, for um sharing all that you did on this episode honestly i am so thankful to have you as my very first guest of 2022 and there couldn't have been a better uh, motivation a better inspiration to start this year off with so thank you so much and uh, thank you for taking out time for this session and i definitely know that this episode of this podcast is going to help out a lot of people it is going to inspire a lot of people and as you just said that yeah keep motivating yourself and don't use harsh words for anybody else and even not for your own self so yeah. thank you from yeah, the bottom I, of I do hope your listeners can listen to this and help them start the year off on a good foot um I appreciate you helping me get my word out to all your listeners because I do know your listeners are spread out all over the world. So thank you for the opportunity. And I hope um, I hope I can reach and touch people. I am sure. I am absolutely sure that whosoever is going to listen to this this is going to inspire them. This is going to start their day beautifully. Or even if they are listening to this before sleeping, they'll have a sleep. They'll sleep with the thought that, okay, so tomorrow is a new day. And I am going to take Alma's word ahead with me and start a new day with those words. So thank yeah, you. I hope so. Shruti Outloud welcomes all stories. It can be a brand, it can be an organization, or it can be a person. The only thing common would be passion for life. Please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Ghana Podcast, and every other platform where you can hear this. Please leave a review as that helps my podcast to grow. Thank you once again. See you for the next episode. Bye.